but Clanfer PG on the map for Wales. He's flirted with the wrestler Adrian Street, and he'll make a song about anything. From Wirral, Merseyside, UK, meet and greet Don Woods. So, so a very, very good day, one and all. It's now probably about 11 degrees. The sun is shining. The wind is blowing like billy-o. And I've just come back from doing a freezing cold four days up in the Basque Country. It was down to zero. It was grey. It was raining. Then there was snow. Um, no, give me the heat. And uh, let's find out what it's like on the frozen wastes of Whittle Merseyside. Don, uh, have you been blown away as well, or is it um, a bit better now? You had no degrees. Paradise, mate. Paradise. You don't know what cold is. It's <laughs> It's been cold here. But, yes, we've had unusually strong winds, stronger than I've ever known. Uh, they reckon it was 90 miles an hour or something. Uh, destroyed my back gate. That was it. I don't know where it's gone. There's only the there's only the hinges left. Uh, the the dustbins. I eventually found them. There's three of them, and they're in three different places. One at the top of the road, one at the bottom of the road. So it was horrific. I've never known anything like it uh, overnight. It was terrible. There's trees been blown down over roads. Uh, people actually been killed in cars. Uh, there's a, a few. Few deaths, you know, with, with trees blowing onto cars as they drove past. One fella got killed. It's terrible, you know. But uh, as I say, it's December. You've got to sort of expect it. But that was out of the blue. Today, it's very still and frosty, and that's it, really. So we're back to normal. Okay, well, uh, at least you're safe and well. That's the main thing. All right, Don, well, let's have a look at the um, the first bit of news then. We're looking at the channel first, aren't we? Yeah, this since I wrote, since I I wrote to you, uh, we've had other news. Uh, this COVID thing is all over the news. This new variant, and I it just loses me. <clears throat> South Africa and countries are closing down, and people are coming on and b- talking alone and nonsense. I, I I don't think anyone knows what they're doing. To be honest, Vince, I've just had enough of it all. But the the news up to there was mainly about the uh, the coverage of these poor poor folk who drowned in the English Channel while attempting to get to England across the Channel. These uh, I won't call them immigrants because they're, they're nice, they're ordinary people like the rest of us, you know. And it's a very sad situation when people are so desperate to find a decent life, they have to resort to piling into an inflatable boat and head out to sea. I mean, how desperate have you got to be? You know, that, that it's so, so awful in this day and age, you know, where there's so much money flying around. You know, what I can't understand is why the traffickers, the, the, these this low-life scum who, who get, get sort these people, put them on these inflatables and charge them a fortune. I can't understand where they're not, why they're not hunted down and sorted out. You know, they go on about them. I mean, it's not a massive stretch of coast where this is happening from in France. You know, and we have specialist departments in the police and we have SAS soldiers. And yet all these low-life criminals continue to profit from terrible circumstances, the terrible circumstances of others. You know, instead of France and England arguing over who's responsible, get a grip. You know, we're talking about human lives here. You know, not not you you poor politicians, you, you poor sad politicians who are so busy arguing with each other. Get a grip. Get these people sorted out. You know, for example, the billions spent on the likes of this stupid HS2 project you know, could be better spent helping these people. You know, they're human beings. And, and people say, oh, you know, oh, immigrants, turn them around. You know, it, it, it's, all, it's not my country. It's not our country. It's just, it's just rocks and, and, and trees and hills, isn't it? You know, let, let them in and, and let's sort people out. You know, uh, it's just terrible. But, you know, just get on with it. That's what I said. I'm, I, got, I was sick and tired of it. I felt so sorry for them all. But, you know, to, to go out in it, in an inflatable on your own 
in that sort of weather is horrendous, you know. But to go with like forty other people in the same boat, it's it's terrible, you know. Anyway, that's 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 how I see it all. Needs sorting quick. Well, look, I uh, like yourself. You don't want anybody to, to to suffer the sorts of things that has happened to these people. However, they shouldn't be there, Don. That's the number one thing that's that's really. If if you and I or anybody else want to go to another country, you have to have your passport. You have to go through the proper channels. You've got to make sure that everything's in order. And you, you see, especially now when, for example, they're telling us that this um, new COVID variety is out. Um, well, you see, if you've got people that you don't know where they've come from, where they've been, who they've, who they've been with, etc., etc., you, you you're not really it's not in anybody's interest to just let them come up over the channel and uh, onto the beaches now that's the first thing they used to call this an invasion when people did that and this is what i think uh, a lot of people are missing this this is an invasion of sorts plus if you bother to read the g agenda 2030 thing that i keep banging on about this is where they're telling people that they don't really seem to want to do anything about it because they want people or they seem to want people to make sure that people come from Africa and uh, are working or hopefully eventually working in Europe, possibly fill in the pension pots with tax money. You know, there's something bigger going on. It's not that uh, I don't feel sorry for people. Of course I do. I think I'd be a monster if I didn't have a compassion for people that drown. But are you telling me that uh, both the might of the French Navy and the British Navy uh, couldn't stop these people if they really wanted to? Because I don't believe that. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying, you see, you've got the traffickers. Without the traffickers, the, the, these these criminals making money it wouldn't happen without them it wouldn't happen you know i can't see why they can't sort them out send they must have experts can find these people and the the, the strip of land where they leave from in france it's not that long we, we've got drones now you, you know they, they could be spotted before they even leave you know this is the problem but they go out to sea and they say, oh, we go and try and turn them round. I mean, OK, yeah, it, it, you know, whether they, you want them in the country or not, it's immaterial. But it's the desperation. You see, it's all right saying they shouldn't come. You know, they should. But you, you don't know what lives they're living. It's either that or, or, or die in their country. I don't know that to be that desperate to get into an inflatable boat. You must be low. And they're not as if they're, they're, they're vagabonds. You know, there's people with kids get in there, you know, and it was, it was obvious someone was going to drown. And if they, got, if they went out in those winds, well, God help them, you know. But you see, it should be stopped. I can't see why they're all arguing. Oh, it's not our fault. It's, you know, you should be doing something. The Navy should be. It shouldn't be there in the first place. Don't. Sort out these traffickers. That's what I say. I don't know why they can't do it. Don, if we haven't heard, we haven't heard of one trafficker getting fat, getting found out. They don't that because that's not news. You see, it's only news when somebody drowns and in in, in pile the media and say how awful it is. That that's what I'm saying. It's awful. You know, I mean, we can sit in our houses in a, and look look at this. I know it's terrible, you know, the, keep them away. But you see, we're all right. You know, it's if you were in that position. You know, it must be just, it must be terrible to me anyway. Don, why are these people, A, crossing the whole of France? They've got to come from somewhere. So they've gone yeah. the, the length and breadth of France, which is a big country. Yeah. France has got more capacity. Well, some of the boats are made in Germany, aren't they? So they're coming from Germany, some people, you know. I don't know, you see. I don't know. We don't know this. All we know is people are trying to get across the channel. They don't tell you the details. You know, oh, you know, and then France and England are arguing over whose fault it is. You know, it's, to me, you watch the news, and you don't know what's going on. You know, let's know what's happening. Let's know where they're from, these people. Surely they can find that out. You know, and stop this trafficking. I don't, I don't, I don't know, you see. 
But to me, it's just for somebody to drown trying to get out, trying to get across the English Channel. There's got to be a major problem in their lives, you know, and to take a kid with you. How do you know, think? How do you think you'd feel if it was people trying to escape from Britain to France? How do you think you'd feel? Um, I don't know. Well, it wouldn't happen, would it? Really? Well, I don't know. I mean, you see, the thing at the moment is somebody or some group of people are telling people that life in uh, the UK is better than the life that you can get in France, Germany, or anywhere else. I mean, you know, something is not right. It doesn't really make sense. That's what we're not explained, you see. We don't know why. They're saying, oh, these these boats, these inflatables are made in Germany. So they're coming from Germany. But why? What, what, why are they coming? Why do they want to get out of their country? Why can't they stay in France? See, this is the problem. Oh, we don't want them, you know, France. You see, that, that's the thing. We don't know. We, it needs explaining clearly. Then we'd all understand, you know, that, you know what I'm saying? The news, you just get one sort of block news and then it's onto something like Richard Maidley leaving. I'm a celebrity getting out of here, you know which is of no interest to anybody. That, that's the trouble with it all. I don't know. I, you know, I, I just don't know. I'd like to know why. But, I'm, but your answer, why, your answer to me, you've just answered your own question. If your media are putting on stupid things as a distraction, there's got to be more to this than meets the eye. You know, when all said and done, um, we're told that they, they're able to come across, get a free hotel, get money, and get on with life. Now, if that was an if that was an offer, I think everybody would try it on. But if that is the case, why are they? Why are the authorities doing this rather than saying, hang on, just like people who want to go abroad or want to fly in and um, obviously have got to be controlled with a passport check, um, that's not happening, is it? Well, it's human rights, isn't it? It's this human rights thing, as I've been told. You know, they're going to change the human rights laws, apparently, because human rights really has been a joke for many years you know if you get your house burgled and you catch the burglar he's got human rights you know when he's in your house he hasn't got any when he's in my house especially if i've got a golf club in my hand you know but 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 you'd get done then you know you 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 do the burglar it's that's changed a bit now here but the human rights oh they've got you see that's the trouble you got all these snowflakes i think they call them you know, which, which, if if that's the case, then you, know, you, you, I don't know. I just don't know, Vince. I just, to me, it's a disgrace. The whole thing, you know, for somebody to actually try and get across the English Channel and drown, it's terrible, you know. And that should be sorted and explained, and you know, and and that's it, you know, because apparently the Navy can't turn them around or something. You see, we're not we're not told all this, you know. And they come in, and as you say, there's not. There's not loads of them. I mean, they're only down in one place. Really. There's a few here in one of the hotels here. I don't know. You but, see, I but I mean, you're talking, you're talking thousands every week now, and that does involve all sorts of other ramifications. I mean, uh, the the very least is making sure that the Fed sheltered and looked after. I mean, that has got to be a strain on the resources that, that the country has. I, I just don't understand it, Don. No, no. Well, you see, the strain on the resources when you have... See, my argument is you've got $100 billion spent on, on a high-speed tra- high train thing. You know, why? Nobody wants it particularly. It'll save 20 minutes. And, and, and they've, they've stopped off of it now with all the, all the houses they've had to demolish or, or, or take people out of so they can rehouse them so they can let this track and go through that's all that's all out the window now but they're not giving the people the houses back you know it's the country mate it, it, it's it's just a joke you know hs2 it's pathetic somebody's making a fortune as always you know but there you go what can it what can you say what can you say mate not a lot you just got to sit down there's nothing you can do everybody complains everybody 
has has an alternative view, but nobody comes up with a solution. You know, in this in the yeah. thing, that's 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 my argument with it all. You know, yeah, it's all like yeah. complaining and moaning, but you know, they, they should come up with a solution. Well, for me as an onlooker, I have to say, when you look at the numbers of times now that you've got people who uh, are violent against people in the country, have killed people in the country. It does seem nonsensical to let people in without passports, um, you know, and just if you, if you can get your hands on a boat, come into the country. That, that's what I don't understand. The other side of me is exactly the same as you. I, I would hate to, to not help people that are desperate. Um, if people are just trying to invade which we don't know, but it would appear that there's a bit of that. You only have to look at the Liverpool Cathedral incident to see yeah. that, that something's not right, Don. Um, yeah. All right, well, let's hope things will improve as we go to our yeah. next point, which is to do with cricket. Yes. Mm. The cricket controversy is still going on. Excuse me while I yawn. Uh, with Michael Vaughan speaking up, at last, I'm apologising about his past r- racist comments, which he can't remember, by the way, but he's apologising for them. You know, I hope this makes, whatever his name is, Azim Rafiq or whatever, he's the one doing all the complaining. I hope he feels better after being deeply offended many, many years ago. And I notice not another word has been said about his racist remarks about the Jewish faith 10 years ago. That's been forgotten because, of course, oh, yes, right, he, he, he did apologise, didn't he? That's like I forgot. You know, racism only travels one way, apparently, you know, it, it, or it seems that way. This is not news, and we are all sick and tired of it. You know, can the media please move on and cover things that matter? You know, cricket belongs in room 101 that's it you know well, that's a bit frank skinner well that's a little bit unfair i mean what's frank skinner done that's absolutely <laughs> no, not him. that's not, not cricket him. He, he, he puts it in <laughs> that's not cricket <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're on the sticky wicket there mate going on oh dear i know but you know see this is the one this is the point i'm making it's not news they're scraping for news the important news they sort of, they put it on, they don't explain anything, you know, it, it just goes over my head now. And then they, then they bring him in, you know. I, I just, uh, Michael Vaughan, you know, we, we've been trying to get him to explain. You know, it's not news. You know, some, some fellow's upset because someone called him names. So what? You know, get over it. And, and, but that, the point is as well, that fella, Razim, Razim Rafiq, you know, he, he was just as bad. See, they forget that. They left that behind. They mentioned it. It was it made a bit of news, and, and he apologised. So that's all right then. But they, they, they should have, you know, carried on with that. You know, let, let's, see, let's see what this fella's like who's doing all the moaning. Well, they don't do that. No, no. No, because, uh, you know, he, he's not white. So, so he, he must be right, you know. So there you go. That, that, that's how I see it, you know. Come back room 101, stick cricket in there, let's get it over with. I mean, it's the most boring game in the world, and, uh, and that's it. So <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's my view on it, what it's worth, mate. OK, well, in defence of Michael Vaughan and anybody else, uh, all sports have banter. All sports have yeah, people yeah. saying things that maybe they shouldn't be saying. I mean, part of a football match was always to wind somebody up and um, rugby the same. Uh, obviously, cricket um, is a, it, it's a great excuse again to c- confuse the nation, to keep um, having a go at England. I think, it, to be honest with you, I think the more you look at this, the more you're looking at people who are trying to undermine what would be English values, and for me, that is what it's all about. I yeah, think, you know, you're I, absolutely right. You're right. I think that uh, I mean it, it's a storm in a teacup, and if if he hasn't got over it, and maybe there was a bit too much. Yes, okay, let's sort it out now. But you can't go back too far, otherwise, I may as well go off to Rome and try and find out who. Um, 
came and uh, did things on the Whittle Peninsula they shouldn't have done, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, they've got to take all the stones back for Watling Street and all this sort of stuff. I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. You've got to... Exactly, exactly, mate. You see, it's like the slavery thing, which was terrible, but there were white slaves. Kids were thrown into factories, you know, back in the day. You know, kids at eight and nine working in factories and dying at 30, you know, and they were white. You know, slavery is a terrible thing, you know, and I'm not racist in any way, as you know. But, you see, they go on and on and they overkill it all. You see, I wasn't there when the slavery was there. It's like the the Second World War. I wasn't there. You know, it's not my war. You know, and, and they go on and on about, oh, we've got to sort this out, oh, the way we've been treated. They haven't been treated like that by me, you know, and, 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 but that's all the news. Oh, it's, oh. And then they get on, on the, and everybody, you see, we're a nation of followers, so they believe everything they hear. A lot of people they believe everything they hear on the news, and, and it just causes, you know, just causes unnecessary, you know, complaints, you know, unnecessary situations. People get so annoyed and wound up by the news, you know, because, the, and, and it's, it's, I watch the news and think that's just nonsense, absolute rubbish, you know, well, I, I, I just watch it and switch it off. I, I, I keep, any, I don't believe anything I read until it's proved. I, I keep seeing this bigger picture, which I keep going on about, you know, this great reset and everything. And I think that um, what they're doing is they are eroding the standards. Now, one standard was the, the, the work ethic that people had. And so, basically, um, the easiest way to do it seems to be to just keep coming up with more and more silly distractions and uh, just keep making out that Britain's such a, a terrible place. Well, it can't be yeah. that bad, otherwise you wouldn't have all these people, illegal immigrants, trying to get in, would you? No, no, you're right. I mean, it's it's great. Uh, you know, uh, I to say, if people come here and want to work, See, the problem at the moment is we got this COVID, you know, thing. And, oh, everywhere's getting closed off, oh, yeah. I mean, and yet people are still piling on planes to go on holiday, you know. Well, I don't know. It's, I don't know, mate. I just don't know. I watch the news now. And, you see, you watch ITV news. The BBC's just, it's boring. They go on and on and on. They, they over overkill a subject. They'll have someone in who prattles on and on. ITV aren't. They are, they break it up, but they break it up with things like Andy Peters uh, reporting uh, on a on a competition you can win, squawking away about hey you can win a thousand, a hundred thousand pounds, you know, and, and a car worth sixty thousand. All you've got to do is phone in. It'll cost you two pound for the phone call. And it, it, he's report he's coming up with these competitions from Switzerland. Then the next time it's from Florida. I don't know. I don't know who's paying for him to get there. But you see that sort of money as well. You know, it's being spent, you know. Well, that's another little thing, Don, because, you know, I'm telling you about trying to defeat the economy. Uh, The communists have been trying to do this for ages. And uh, they did say if you um, if you want to defeat capitalism, you've got to defeat the family. And all these things are knitting together now. If you look for the picture, you can see the pictures yeah, coming in. Yeah, I, can, yeah, I can see that. I you know, agree with you. And, and it's, but, like, it's like all of a sudden, all the prize money for things on the radio uh, that were quizzes and television quizzes, they all went up all of a sudden. And so, so therefore, people, instead of getting on with the jobs, there'll be a lot of people, especially the younger people, who basically think, well... If we don't maybe uh, have to spend all our lives working, we just keep doing these quizzes, and then sooner or later, maybe we'll win one. And I think there's a bit of that in it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, the problem is, you see, the, the, the basic problem is there's nothing you can do about it. You know, uh, the, the average citizen like myself, there's nothing I can do about it, so I don't bother. You know, and as I say, there's, there's so all the politicians, the, the Labour, are squawking at the at the Conservatives. You know, Boris Johnson, but nobody comes up with a solution. You see, they, they they complain, oh, he's done this and he's made a big error there. Well, you know, what's the solution? You tell us what to do. 
that that that's my attitude. And everybody gets involved. Oh, Boris Johnson, this Boris Johnson. But there's there's nothing you can do because they just say, oh yeah, fine, throw them a few crumbs. You know, and then they'll, they'll be happy for a couple of weeks. You see, that that's the problem with it all. And it's so obvious, but there's nothing you can do. you just got to sit back. See, it doesn't bother me that much because the way I lifestyle is, is hasn't changed because I don't go abroad now. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm of a certain age where I just come day, go day, you know. And and that that's the thing. But... Uh, that that's the problem with it all. We want solutions, you know. We, we want we want solutions, not not critics. Okay, you know, come up with solutions. Last last night when we had come back from this long drive, um, we switched on the TV and there was next to nothing on. It was awful. In fact, Anne had something on which uh, she was searching around looking for just anything to watch. And the next minute I heard these sort of young minds at work shouting at each other, talking rubbish, and it was just pathetic. And it was something that you're going to describe for me now. Tell me about, first of all, what's happened to your gate, and then there's a historic moment coming. What's happened to my gate? My gate? I haven't got a gate anymore. <laughs> That's gone. That, the gate... Is history, as I say, I got a, a speeding ticket for it. I don't know. I think it was going up the hill down the bottom of the road here, and that was going one way. The bins were going the other. But the, the gate really, uh, the huge winds showed me how bad I am at, rep- at constantly repairing a gate. You know, my repairs didn't really work. When but, you get a hundred mile but, an hour gale, but, that was it. Was the end. What about this moment in history that you're going to tell me about? It's a TV moment in history. Oh, the, <laughs> the you mean the Beatles? No. Well, uh, what are you talking about? It's the imminent danger uh, of an episode of "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here." Oh God! It had me. to be. It had to be recorded, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You wrote these words, by the way. I'm only reading them. <laughs> I know, I know, mate. Uh, uh, yeah, right. Well, uh, <laughs> right. Well, you see, you put you put things out of out of thing. It, you know, it was uh, that that wasn't what was next. You know, it's your fault. No, not it mine. is. <laughs> oh. It's the Beatles thing that's next. You're right. It? You're right. Uh, you you right. are right. right. Tell me about the Beatles then, and then we we'll go to the uh, moment in history. <laughs> Don't make me come over there, Vince. I'm not in a good mood with my back gate being blown away. Don't make me come over there. Bill <laughs> like, Gates. There we are. Bill Gates. That's that's the answer. <laughs> this won't take long, what I'm going to do now, because on the showbiz front, there's a film about the Beatles, right? A new film with unseen footage. I think it's called Get Back. And... Uh, shows unseen footage of them, you know, in the recording studio, right? I don't know what channel it is on, and quite frankly, I don't want to know, really. We've seen it all. There's mixed reviews on this, apparently, Um, but it's John and Paul chatting in the studio, you know, and and the first episode of it, someone was moaning that George and Ringo don't get a look in. Well, you know, we've seen it all, Move on. You know, I know you're a fan of the Beatles, but watching them yapping away in a studio and, and discussing what they're going to record, it, you know, maybe people want to watch it. I don't. So that that's that's next. That's my take on yeah, but you can't have back. You can't have your own personal channel. I mean, at the end of the day, this, this is for the general public. It's not for Don Woods. It's not, hey, hang on, let's uh, come up with a new programme for Don Woods time. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, mate. That I was there when the Beatles came out. I've never been. I, you know, they're good, but I've never been a fan. I'm very grateful to them because they opened the doors for groups. Like I was in a group. I've I've always been in a group. And you are a group, Don. You're a group. <laughs> they opened the doors for anybody with a, a a Scouse accent. You know, you could if you played anywhere. In the country, and you had the Beatles accent, you were away. So I, I, I was grateful for that. 
but I was never a massive fan of, of the music. I liked a lot of it, but not a lot of it I didn't. And that's it. But people don't agree with me because, see, they're told the Beatles are the greatest band ever. You know, and that's it. So they believe it. And, and, and once you get on that snowball and the snowball goes bigger and bigger, you get to a point where you can do no wrong. And some people who say, oh, John Lennon can't do, he can't do any wrong. Well, you know, oh, Yoko, for goodness sake, uh, I, I rest my case. But, um, you know, uh, but you see, that, that, that's, that's, all, that's all I've got to say on the subject. I haven't seen, have you seen it, by the way? I've seen it's, a little bit of it. And as you say, it's not riveting. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it's, it's a, a quite a, an interesting thing but um i mean your dislike of the beatles seems to permeate it seems to leak away and instead of taking a, 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 a you know a, a normal point of view about you get a bit joined jaundiced about it i mean <laughs> look i have to say um probably like yourself i did think that the beatles early earlier music was better i did enjoy them more um but I think that if you look at uh, music, any sensible person would know there is no such thing as the greatest, the best, um, because it's what you like. It's subjective. Music is subjective. I like the Beatles. You hate the Beatles. But oh, then again, no. no, that's wrong. No, no, I don't you're... hate the Beatles. <laughs> I don't hate them at all. They are. You, uh, you turn around. I, I, I mean, I've met Paul. <laughs> I've met him. He's a nice fella. I don't hate the Beatles. I. <laughs> I just don't think the music lives up to what 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 people think it does. In my taste, it's not my taste. No. You see, my argument is Eleanor Rigby by the Beatles. It's not by the Beatles. It's Paul singing with the string quartet. I mean, what's Ringo playing? The cello. You know, <laughs> it, that, that's my argument with them all. You, you see, it, it, if they carried on playing live, like ELO, for example, then I'd have a lot more, you know respect for them if you like but i'm, I'm, you know, I'm not against them i, I like police but i thought penny lane was a great song great lyrics but you know love me do and stuff like that you know it, and then come together right you know it's 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 you know i don't get it it's but, what uh, they it's no, what they call who am I? horses who am I? for courses horses yeah, for courses know. yeah listen what you should go on is, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. I, oh, I think that man. would be up your street. Oh, man. This is, yeah, so you've got, it, you've got it right now. You've got it in yeah. the right order. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a, get, I had a, a long drive yesterday. <laughs> I'm going to get you some new glasses, mate. <laughs> the recent heavy storms, apart from destroying my back gate, I've created a historic moment in television history. See, this, this, is, this is very, very important. People should know this. Because of the imminent danger, an episode of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here had to be recorded. It wasn't live for the first time ever. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the program takes place inside a Welsh castle you know, which was built back in history to survive attacks by multitudes of armies. You know, what I can't understand is what dangers a selection of gusty winds presents to this massive uh, building, you know. <laughs> anyway, out of interest, I, I, I'll, watch, I'll watch the recorded episode so I can discuss it with you. I'll watch it because it's no good me prattling on about something I haven't seen. The program has to be at the very, very, very bottom of the entertainment barrel. It is totally pointless. You know, we have a selection of famous celebrities such as Swoochie Shai and, wait for it, that really well-known uh, record producer, Naughty Boy. You know, <laughs> these are the celebrities, Naughty Boy, all sitting in a circle around a campfire talking crap with Naughty Boy deciding whether he can stay, whether he's, his soul believes it all. I mean, look, let's face it. I don't know. They're trying to... They're all around the campfire yapping away while one of them is laying underground trying to find hidden stars, getting covered in snakes and, 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 and ants and God knows what else. You know. And decks. 
<laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> very good. I'm coming to them. <laughs> that was pretty good. I'll let you off now for getting things out of order. <laughs> Which leads... <laughs> that was... <laughs> Handsome Dex, I love it. Yeah. Which leads... Which lead, which lead me to me, the meals. They, they lead to meals, you know. They get these, well, you know the score. They get this, this meals for this. But it's like watching paint dry, you know, made even worse, if that is possible, by the occasional appearance of the multi-talentless Anton Deck. You know? <laughs> and you know what I think of them. They come on, fluff their lines and vanish. You know, I kept watching it because I thought it can only get better. As I watch this, wrong. I was wrong, totally wrong. And that is one hour and a half of my life I'll never get back. And since then, Richard Maidley, who was one of the uh, one of the few celebrities I'd heard of, he leaves because uh, there's something wrong with him, or he reckoned there was, and um, he, he can't get back in now because because he, uh, he was in hospital and the COVID. He's on this morning talking about it. I've never seen a bloke look so healthy, but there you go. He, he obviously had the right idea. It's it's terrible, terrible television. You know, I know, I know you say this to people and they say, well, why do you watch it? I don't. I just watched that one episode so I could discuss it with you. And I'm sorry you did. You owe me an hour and a half of my life. Well, it was terrible. You know, well, I've got to look, Don, I've got to really take my hat, hat off to the fact that you were there for an hour and a half, because quite honestly, uh, I, I, I could hear this noise in the background. Um, you know, I was in this room and Anne was on uh, the TV looking at or it was just happens to be on or whatever. But what it reminded me of is when I used to be teaching YTS kids and they were like, you know, they'd all be sort of acting stupid and coming up with ideas to do stupid things. And quite honestly, I was bored at the college trying to work with these kids who basically uh, don't seem to want or didn't at that time seem to want to be educated. And I think, quite honestly, it's not got better. And last night, I just thought the rubbish that these people have been watching is why we're all going round doing what we're doing, which is just being able to take any rubbish that the TV takes, puts on the TV, and the next thing is everybody thinks it's factual. No, I'm sorry. Um, Love Island is another one. I only need to see... I only need to see an advert for these things, and I can say straight away to Anne, there's another one we're not watching. Um, And and if Anne agrees with me practically all the time about these, Loose Women's another one. Uh, I mean, basically, the whole thing is just about people who don't seem to have any quality being given chances on TV, which maybe they shouldn't be having. But then again, my thinking might well change that when I say I think it's to distract us all, to get your people arguing and and discussing these things rather than just getting on with their lives and working. Well, you see, I don't think youngsters watch television. I think they're too busy on their computers and and whatever and downloading and streaming or whatever they do. You see, the television, people who sit down and watch television are people of my age and and perhaps a little bit younger. You know, the, the, the senior citizens, if you like, hate that word, senior citizens. Uh, I've got to the age, I've got to the stage where when anyone asks me how old I am, I just give them a two-word answer. I, I don't want to talk about it. But, um, you know, the you see, with, with a programme like this, I used to watch it because it used to be quite good. When it started, it was original. And, you know, they used to do these stupid things and, and one or two of them would get injured, you know, which is always worth watching because they're stupid enough to go in there and they get injured or they have a big rouse and someone storms out. That's what you want to watch. I know it's awful to say that, but that's what you want to watch. It's like when you watch a rugby match and a big fight breaks out on the field. You know, and everyone's going, oh, it's disgraceful. But that's what they want to watch. That's what you want to see, you know, no matter what you think. 
And and I remember a bloke telling me this when I was watching a match at New Brighton. I was watching the uh, rugby match there because he used to be a member of the New Brighton club. And, um, you know, this big big scrap breaks out. And this fella said to me, this is what people want to watch. They're all going, oh, it's terrible, you know. But but that's a fact. You want to watch something that lifts everything. And and I used to watch this, you know, uh, when it was in the jungle and they'd get hot and bothered. But this thing in Wales, in, in the castle, it's just rubbish. And and they, they've eased it off now. Oh, you know, people, we can't do too much. We can't we can't put too many ant and decks on them. <laughs> ant and deck, that was good, mate. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what, that was good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we can't put too many creatures all over them. Oh, yeah. You see, it's... So this, it makes it totally pointless. And to have celebrities you've never heard of, you know, and, and all those B-reds, there's, a, there's a, a newsreader on who's just finished, the, I don't know, she got the sack. But, you know, they obviously need the money, you know, and it's, it's, it's sad, you know, it's just dreadful and a total waste of television. But on, on the, I don't pay for it. It's not on the licence, at least. It's not on the license, so I'm not paranoid. I'm not paranoid about it as I am about Gary Lineker, who makes a fortune out of, you know, my license. Well, I quite like that new. Uh, there's a new show that he's comparing, which yeah, actually, it's actually it yeah. is it isn't a bad little show. That actually, to be fair, they don't need him, do they? You know, there's better than him. You know, he's 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 talentless. He hasn't got any um, charisma, has he? You know, he's not like. You know, like, he's like not Bradley Walsh, if you like, who's never off the television. But that's why Bradley Walsh has got that sort of way about him, hasn't he? Gary Lineker hasn't. You know, he, he, he sits as a pundit each week on the football and he just sort of sits there and agrees with, with the, whoever's yapping away, other footballers. See, to me, I mean, OK, he's a nice fella, but he's, he's, get, he's £1.4 million a year. You know, what for? That comes out the license, you know. Okay, what, just, what, what that for? I've got him on the list: Anton Deck, uh, the Beatles. Put <laughs> um, <laughs> Stacey on there, I know. Charlie, Dr- <laughs> Charlie Drake. Um, right, <laughs> I've, I've made I've made a note of him. Don't worry. <laughs> Put Vince Tracy on the end. I've got, no, put me, I've put me down as well. I'm the first name. Anyway, uh, let's go to um, something you do like. Now, listen, hang on. I'm just going to have a, have a quick drink of water. Something Don likes <laughs> is coming up next. Uh, what is this? Goodness gracious me. Listen, mate, I've had my gate blown down. I'm not in a very good mood. <laughs> I've been searching for my dustbins for a, a whole afternoon. Okay? <laughs> right, at least... Channel 5 <laughs> have something worth watching. You know, it's a weekly look at the best top-selling records of the 70s. And they go through this every Friday. If you haven't seen it, it's great. It's really, really good. It's, I think it's on Channel 5. And, and each week, they cover a different year. They go into the, they're up to 1975 now. And, you know, it, it's really interesting as they give you the inside stories of the records it's very very interesting on the program is brilliantly produced and is compulsive viewing as opposed to you know a bunch of nobody sitting around a, a drafty castle but we won't go into that and it is interesting seeing those stars of the past as they look like as they look now you know you'll see you'll see them on, singing away on, on the, in the 70s and then they come on now and some of them haven't changed some of them I've really looked like they had a really bad time, you know. But it shows that decent, interesting programmes can actually be made instead of throwing cookery programmes and soaps at us. The BBC are probably the worst, probably because of the arrogant, overpaid hierarchy who refuse to see further than the end of their noses. You know, this this programme's good. It's on Channel 5 and it's brilliant. And I noticed uh, last night they had um, Guys and Dolls on. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, Bruce, wasn't Bruce Forsyth's daughter in that band? Yes, she, she was. Yeah. They had, they had the, the, there was Boy Girl, Boy Girl, Boy Girl uh, along, along the line. 
Now, what I didn't know was they weren't singing on the record. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Oh. And uh, they were miming, you see. But this is this brings it all out, you know, because I remember, um, uh, what's that one? Uh, Kisses for me. Ah, what were they? Brother, Brotherhood of Man. Brotherhood of Man. You knew the guy that wrote that, didn't you? Yeah. He, I mean, but, but the Brotherhood of Man, the original Brotherhood of Man, uh, weren't them at all. You know, they, they did, um, what was that one? United We Stand. No, no, so it's, all the, it's all the same group. That, that, the, the, Tony Hiller created the Brotherhood of Man and wrote all the songs for them. And uh, Tony used to sit and tell me, the, the, you know, just about the whole thing. And um, basically, he always he used to write very, very nice, soft all about love, nice things. United we stand, great song. And he also used to write all the th- football themes for, um, I think he wrote one for Everton, probably wrote one for Liverpool. I mean, no, he didn't write Liverpool's, but Everton, um, I know he did write one for them and various other teams. Very interesting guy. Oh, but- great fella, great fella, yeah. But but the Brotherhood of Man, the, the one that sang the original uh, United we stand was Tony Burroughs. Okay. He was it. Tony Burroughs and, and the two girls, Sue and Sonny, who who made Doctor's Orders. That's so right. They were, they were the other two. See, it wasn't it wasn't the group we saw on the Eurovision, you know. And Tony Burroughs again, which which shows you, he, he was in three groups, wasn't he? He was in uh, Edison Lighthouse. Edison Lighthouse and three others, and he was on top of the pops, and he kept coming on in a different suit, and and he, he, he got a band apparently for the year, you know. But but that was the see session musicians were what it was all about, you know. The groups I remember Mickey Most saying, Herman's Hermits, he he, he did them. He said Herman's Hermits came in to record a, a record, and they're all moaning because I had session people in. And he said, I don't know what their problem is. You know, they're not on the record, but they can go away and learn it. He said, time is money. So these fellas come in uh, and, and just do it all. Um, you know, the likes of J- Jimmy, what was it, the guitarist Jimmy, Brent's not working this morning. But he said, he'd come in and he'd do the lead guitar because he'd get it right in one go. Yeah. And, and Mickey Mo said... And then Herman comes in and, and sings. He said, I can't understand what they're, they're moaning about. But you see, what they moan, really, when they're on top of the pops, mime into the record, you know, it's it's phony, isn't it? But well, it, again, again, it doesn't matter, you know, because you don't want to play it live and sound rubbish, you know, is, isn't, isn't it? You know, you want to hear the record, don't you? But that, said, that was a, a lot of it was going on that in, in the early, early days. At top, at top of the pops, everything was mimed. You know, which which. You well, know. I suppose really there was also the musicians' union were involved and people like that, weren't they? And per- yeah, and yeah. performing rights and things. There's all sorts of issues that were there that probably, you know, we didn't get to learn enough about. But I mean, one time we must uh, look at some of these songs that had really deep meanings that um, you know were messages, hidden messages in the music, which. I don't know about you, Don, but I had not been aware of. And, uh, you know, because obviously these guys had been to the arts college and were writing the songs that were sort of um, really quite, um, well, they were were really quite delicate little messages that if they'd have known what they were writing about, maybe the authorities wouldn't have allowed the songs to be played. Incidentally, I've just seen... And a notice go through as we're talking that uh, BBC Radio is off the air at the moment. Don't know what All that's right. about. All right. Mm. Uh, well, maybe, maybe the, it, it'd be the weather. I'm sure it's the weather. Yeah, because it, we've we've lost the electricity in in the village next to here last night, so it might be that you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, I was I was going to I was going to tell you something there about about. Um, I can't remember what it was. In a, uh, in a general mm-hmm. sense, Don, in, in a general sense, I mean, I, I did feel that uh, the music changed dramatically from the 60s to the 70s. It was all about really sort of party time and being a bit sort of different. Uh, and then that the, the stack heel boots and Slade and all that sort of stuff and flared trousers. I mean, it really all changed, didn't it, uh, in the very early 70s? Yeah, yeah. 
that that's what this program shows. It's good. You know, I, I was a big fan of Slade. I thought this stuff was great. I thought they wrote great songs, you know, but it, it, it's, it's the sort of phoniness of it all, but that's showbiz, isn't it? You know, yeah. it, it, like, like Mickey most says, he can get seven records made in a day. You know, whereas if Herman's Hermit's coming, it's going to take a couple of days till you stop making mistakes. You know, that's the difference. See, with recording, uh, you've got to get it right because it's there forever. See, you do live performances, you make a mess of it, it, it's gone. And and that's it, you know. You know, you play a wrong note, it's gone, bang. But on the record, it's there forever. You know, that's that's the thing. So it's got to be absolutely spot on. Uh, And there's a totally different... uh, Playing live and recording are two totally different. Oh, absolutely right, uh, absolutely right. And I, I've got to say, you know, some people will say to me, "Oh, there's there's a record playing," and they'll say, "Oh, that's so and so," and they say, "I'll just check it on Google or look it up on Google," and they'll say, "No, that wasn't so and so," and I'll come up with the original. And quite often, Google is totally wrong. They've got it wrong because, you know, uh, the original, uh, if you were there and you heard it, you knew the difference between, as you say, what was the right version and then what came later. And uh, just thinking of Noddy Holder for a minute, um, I remember probably about the year 2000 when I was driving down to uh, get the Channel Tunnel and... um, the um, uh, Radio Kent, it would probably be, BBC probably Radio Kent. Noddy Holder was doing a a, a radio show. Sounded very good, and it was nice because he was talking all about, you know, some of his own personal experiences, and, um, yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, I'll tell you what I always wondered. Viva España. Oh, Remember yeah. the girl that sang that? I don't know how they got away with... He rattled his maracas close to me. In no time, we were trembling at the knee. (laughs) You know, and that was on the radio all the time. I thought, how did he get away with that? You know, a knee trembler. And we all knew what that was, didn't we? And, you know, I mean, but when you look back, they must have laughed like mad, mustn't they? These writers, they got away with it, you know. It's great. Well, I've done stuff um, that's... uh, Near the bone, you know. I, I did, um, I did a a, a thing for uh, what's his name? Who um, was the fellow on Radio City? <laughs> I can't remember his name. Well, I should uh, imagine they've had the odd one on Radio City. Pete, no, Pete Price, Thomas. Norman Thomas. I did, I did a. He had a program, a, a, a quiz called "What Have I Got in My Hand," and he, he asked me to do a jingle for him. You know, so I did this. What have I got to me? And you had to guess. You know. It, you had to guess what he, he was holding. Yeah. Uh, and you, you, he'd give you clues. And you, if you got, if you got so many right, you know, he'd win a prize, 20 quid, I think it was. So what have I got in my hand? Can you bend it? Can you stretch it? Can you stick it on your head? Anyway, what I did, uh, it was only a short jingle for the, for the, for the program. He played it every day. And I, I thought, I'll do a long version of it. So I went into Radio City to see him and I said, I've, I've updated the, uh, the jingle. I've done a 12-inch version of what I've got in my hand. And he, 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 he couldn't stop laughing. And there's a, there's a part in it where it says, just a glimpse is well worth 20 quid. And he was, he was crying with laughter. And he actually played it on the radio. <laughs> he never got. Well, I said, I said, I'll give you this. You can have this as the twelve-inch version of whatever got me on. And he played it, and he never got any complaints because people just don't get it. You know, it was a bit rude to say the least. It was a lot rude, and not like Don Woods. I mean, not the sort of thing you'd <laughs> expect Don to come up with. Quite honestly. Um, yeah, Norman oh. Thomas, Uncle Norm. He was there oh. right at the very beginning, wasn't he? Yeah, he, uh, he was a great guy, great mate of mine. He, he was great, and we went to Brookside once. Uh, I did, I did a song called "I'm a Brookside Fanatic," you know, for him because he was doing a, a a program on Brookside, interviewing all the the people in it when it was out, you know. And uh, we, we we got invited to to have a lunch there. We went to Brookside and had a wander around, and um, we in, invited to lunch. And he, he picked the most expensive part on, on the thing. And I just had fish and chips. And when, when he got it, it was like this 
cockles and something, <laughs> a couple of cockles and a couple of mussels. <laughs> and, and I was really st- stuffing into me fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking, was, talking of Brookside, I, um, I remember playing at the Fazakley British Legion and the compere was Hobo Rick. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah. outside, uh, after we did our show, he was telling me that he was going up to do a an audition for for a new TV show called Brookside. Ricky Tomlinson, of course, we're talking about. Yeah. And um, the rest is history. He made millions uh, out of going on that show, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And he was on, um, what was that one with, sitting around on the couch? Yeah, the royal, the royal family. Royal family, yeah. Yeah, Ricky Tomlinson. He had a problem, didn't he? He he, he was a, a docker, and uh, that's right, one of the Liverpool a, Seven or something. Yeah, and years later, he he got done, didn't he, for hitting some bloke with a stick, knocking him to the floor. And years later, he went back to that fella's house. It was on the telly, uh, to sort of make up with him. But the fella didn't want to know. And I thought that was a mistake on his part because he went round and, and he said, you know, I've, I've come to say, he said, no, he said, you're not coming in my house. He said, you knocked me to the floor with a stick. And he said, no, I didn't. It was all, he said, you did. He said, I was the fella on the end of the stick. He said, you hit me, you knocked me to the floor. I don't want to talk to you. Oh, and I thought that was a mistake. He yeah. shouldn't have done that because it brought everything back, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, he sort of went down in a lot of people's opinions, you yeah. know, including mine. Actually, I'm not a fan, but uh, yeah, I thought that was um, that was a mistake on his part. What um, they should have been doing is making mad, passionate love, Don. That would mate. have been the answer. Now, listen, mate. You can <laughs> knock records. This is this is this is one of of the best records ever made. Oh, sorry, I meant worst records ever made. This is this. Defies description. This record, it, I can't even. I can't even go on about it. It's. It is performed by Bernard Breslau, <laughs> who should not have been allowed within ten miles of a recording studio. There is absolutely nothing positive I can say about this record. It is so bad. Yet, I would rather listen to this. Then watch I'm a celebrity get me out of here. That's how bad. That's how bad celebrity was. But I, I think I've said enough about that. It's called Mad Passionate Love. Can can, I, can, can can I do me can I do me impersonation of it? Because I used to do an impersonation of this. Go on then. Okay. And the lightning flashed and the lightning crashed. And the two little birdies flew away. And the two little birdies flew away. Well, he wasn't wasn't Italian, mate. (laughs) Oh, dear. I mean, I know it was... It was... He was terrible. Do you remember his catchphrase? Yeah, I only asked. Yeah, that's right. In the... the, um, Army game when when that came out, he was in that. Yeah, and I thought he was funny, but then you see him in in the Carry On films, and he's exactly the same. <laughs> like that was him, you know. But I mean, he, he, the fella's passed away. He's probably a nice fella, but oh, I should 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 think he, could, he was. He could not act, couldn't act, and he couldn't say. He said he couldn't sing, so that was it. But there you go, you know. I'm, I don't know if it was a hit. Probably was. Oh, it was a hit. Give it was it. Give us the announcement then by uh, the, the title and the artist. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, block your ears. Because <laughs> the next record we're going to play is Mad Passionate Love by Bernard Bressler. They was making mad passionate love. Mad, passionate love There in the park they was happy as a lot Feeling and cooing They was making mad, passionate love Mad, passionate love 
all alone in a world of their own Doing their wooing He whispered, I love you My heart's all a twitter over you We'll feather a love nest If you love me too They was making my passionate love Mad passionate love And the lightning flashed And the thunder crashed So the two little birdies flew away So the two little birdies flew away Two little birdies flew away. <laughs> 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 